Hello and welcome to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. Today it's just the two Dylans. Unfortunately, Chase is out for today. Uh, but we're just going to try to do what we usually do, starting off with some college football. Um, and then if we have some NFL, we might talk about that as well. Uh, so we actually missed last week, unfortunately. So we couldn't go over uh, the last two weeks of college football. But we're just in time for a arguably probably the best week of the entire year. Um, in terms of just quality of games uh, that are coming up. And we're also going to take you through some of the uh, better uh, bets uh, for this weekend that we like personally. Uh, starting off with our first matchup, this game's on Friday. Um, so it's pretty early. It's going to be a night game. It's number 9 BYU um, taking on number 21 Boise State. This is like the first real test uh, for BYU this year. And... Uh, there is all right, so there are playoff implications for this, I believe, and I said this about two weeks ago. We were talking about uh, if Oklahoma State loses, which they did, and we could, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, that leaves kind of the ACC champion, the SEC champion, the Big Ten champion, and then a kind of a fourth hole, which is we don't really know who's going to be there. Uh, so BYU, if they can go undefeated, they they do have a chance to. Um, maybe make a push there, but they're definitely going to have to win this game, and this one's going to be uh, something that shows up as uh, if they could win by a pretty solid margin and dominate the game, they'll be really impressive. I think they can move into, um, I think they'll jump Cincinnati in terms of a group of five teams or non-Power 5 teams that can make the playoff. Um, yeah, I agree. I think this is a huge week for BYU. I think this is going to actually show who they are because they haven't actually, they haven't played any like good like Beyond necessarily Houston. good teams Beyond Houston Houston's the only day. team and yeah. they they aren't ranked and I know Boise State might not have done that much to prove that they're ranked 21 but I think that this is a big week um I think as you said there's going to be a hole now will it be that is there a point in putting someone that's out of the power 5 conferences I don't know because this is the you, year though this, this is, is the, the year, year to see so can you say that BYU has any shot in the world against Clemson? Probably not. Or do you go, I know that we're, we're going to talk about this game a little later, but or do you put like an Oregon team who goes undefeated of, out of their yeah. seven games and put yeah, them the there? Pact, yeah. I, I will say, though, like this is not a knock on BYU. I've watched them play a couple of times, and they're a really good football team. Their offense is... I, their offense can compete. Their yeah. defense is the issue, okay? Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Zach Wilson, who's currently number three in, the, in their quarterback, number three in, their, in the Heisman voting, he's a great player. He's an NFL player, and if you put him on basically any other team except for Bama and Clemson, he'd be a starting quarterback and would probably lead him to a, uh, at least if it's a team that, could, that can make the college football playoff. BYU's defense is the issue, and they're going to be tested by Boise State. Boise State, year in, year out, um, out of the Mountain West is always a top 25 team in the group of five, and they always have a really solid offense. They're well coached. Um, I mean, out of the group of five teams, they're probably the team that's year in, year out the best in terms of its NFL talent. Yep. Um, this will be a great game. I personally, right now, the line is uh, BYU minus three, and I agree with that going in on the road. Um, I like BYU winning it. I would probably stay away from, from that line, though. It's. I, yeah, I'm going to agree. Um, so, as uh, Dylan touched on a lot, like, BYU's offense is obviously as explosive as it gets, and Boise State has obviously always been good. They're always usually, like, that team that's not, like, in the spotlight, but is kind of, like, you know, it's they're always there competing. And I think the one thing that 
um, that BYU has um, in this game is that they've played seven games, and uh, Boise State has played two. So I think that's a big, big deal. I think having an extra five games under your belt to actually know what your team's made of is a big deal, especially with all their confidence that they have going, yeah. opposed to Bo- Boise State, who's played two games. So, like, you know, like one of them could have been a fluke. Or one of them was probably their first – I mean, one of them was their first game. So you can't always rely on that. So I think BYU is going to win this game. Do I, would I say by three, that's risky. I think it's, it could end up being a three-point game very yeah. easily. Th- this should be like an awesome game to start off the week on a Friday night. Like this game should be great. Um, next game we get to is the 11 o'clock window. Um, this game is really interesting from my perspective as a Michigan fan. Of course, Michigan probably suffered the worst loss in the six years of, of Jim Harbaugh against a absolutely terrible Michigan State team. Um, but they're still ranked, I guess, number 23 Michigan going at a red-hot 13 Indiana. Michigan's currently favored by 3.5, which is, I mean, I don't know. Hmm. Um, so, as not being a Michigan fan, um, I I do think Michigan is not a terrible team. I think they're, they, they deserve, like, I don't, I see. I think they deserve the rankings. I think the twenty-three is fine. I think even if they win this game, they should still kind of hover around that fifteen to twenty spot. I don't think that they should jump anywhere like drastically. Um, I I think Joe Milton has got a lot of hype, and I don't think he's really shown off that well. Like yeah, he no. hasn't. Like he had a good first game. He beat a Minnesota team that wasn't actually that good. They they lost this week, and. I don't think that Minnesota team was as good as everyone said. So I think that they, like, as much as they did beat down Minnesota, they yeah. actually aren't that good. Yeah, it's, it's obvious that there are some really big flaws for Michigan as a team. I don't mm-hmm. even think it's not even the offense. If you watch the Michigan State game, they threw their entire offense was based off of six deep balls that were either caught for touchdowns or uh like 40-yard gains, or there are pass interferences, and, and that's the issue. Michigan's cornerbacks and their defensive backs are are literally beatable by themselves. And so, if I'm Indiana, coming out like that's what that's why Indiana's a tough matchup now because they're coming off a, a good win against Rutgers, of course, coming off the win against Penn State. Uh, their quarterback uh, Stephen Penix is a really good deep ball thrower. Yeah. He's really athletic. Uh, Indiana's defense is as stout as can be in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana has, has all the run to this, and I really don't know how Michigan's favored in this. Um, I, I do think that this is going to be a really close game. I, I don't see Indiana blowing Michigan out, but um, I mean, that could happen. But I, I think this is a close game. I think Indiana wins. I just think that Michigan is not able to score as quickly as they need to to cover up for the bad defense well yeah i agree i think that michigan's game is kind of this like you know like their running backs are as good as it gets i mean from what i've watched i've watched most of the game for both of michigan's games and they are as good as they and haskins is as good as he's ever looked yeah but the issue is they have four good running backs and the the rotation didn't work like last weekend we saw Last week when we saw like Haskins only getting uh, like a couple of carries, yeah, like, when he was and he was turning those carries into, into ten yard gains every time. And I agree. And uh, the issue with 
having a great running team is that you can't score as quickly as they're going to need to because, as you said, if they're going to get beat by the deep balls, no matter what, even if he doesn't catch it, it's going to be a PI, yeah. they're going to go down the field and score in three minutes at a, at a time, and you can't you can't afford to yeah, have those that, eight, nine-minute drives. And that's what happened. So, um, and, and this is a must I think this is a must-win for Michigan, and there's a lot of talk. We won't do this now, probably at the end of the year once they get blown out in two straight games. But Jim Harbaugh in the sixth year, nothing seems to be better. When is the point where you move on? We're not. Gonna, that's a really big conversation. We're not going to yeah, do that now. Yeah, let's wait for that. Uh, but this is an important game because after this, hopefully they play Wisconsin, if barring that that game still goes on because of COVID. Uh, then they have, uh, I think, Rutgers, and then they have Penn State, and then they have Maryland and Ohio State. Yeah. Those are really tough games. And so this game is going to be really important, kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year. This could either be a uh, year where they win two, only two games. Uh, this could be a year where they can somehow turn around and go 5-3. and three. Yeah, I agree. I also want to quickly talk, touch um, on that this is also a huge game for Indiana. As we were yeah. talking about this as a Michigan standpoint, but if Indiana can win this game, I, I would assume they don't have anyone... No, they still play Ohio State. Okay, they play Ohio State, so that's that's the tough game. But this could be a huge game for Indiana. Like they could oh. easily end up being a one-loss team yeah. if they win. This is this is a program-changing win because we saw that. First of all, they beat Penn State, which got them over the hump initially. Mm-hmm. Like they've always they haven't beaten a top twenty-five team, and that was finally it. And they always play Michigan and Penn State tough. And then now they currently have a I think like they haven't beat Michigan in fifty games. Um, 50 years, I mean. <laughs> so this could be absolutely huge for Indiana. I've been on the Indiana bandwagon all year, ever since like last year. Yeah. I was still on the Indiana bandwagon. Tom Allen, their coach, is an outstanding coach. They have a really solid team. Um, and, yeah, I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, I think it's um, – uh, we'll just quickly let me touch on this and then we can move on. I think that also if they can win this game and show that, like, Everyone or everyone in that program is like starting to change for a, like to push for either the college football playoffs or always to be ranked in the top ten. I think next year you start to see a lot of recruits start shying away from even Michigan and start going to Indiana. I, I don't know at about the that. way that this is going. I mean, I if Michigan loses but, here, okay. So here's here's what I think is the ceiling of Indiana. Okay, ceiling of Indiana is exactly where they are right now in that fifteen to to twelve range. I just I think that's the top because you know what. They're never gonna be able to beat Ohio State because no, no one ever catches them, and so that's like an automatic loss. I see, like, I don't really see them every single year beating both Penn State and Michigan. So you add that as like another loss, and then like add in one more probably just because three they're not elite. Team. Yeah, and that's three loss, and that's really solid in the Big Ten East. That's probably about where Indiana is. Probably where about Michigan is. That's where about Michigan State was a couple years ago. And if Indiana can get there, that's that's great. Yeah. At least they're competing, okay? And they're going to be make bowl games. If they can win, like, eight games a year, nine games maybe, that's really successful for Indiana. Yep. I could not agree more. Let's go on to other big news. Just makes this weekend even better is that the Pac-12 is finally starting up again. Yes. Last conference uh, in football yep. to start. And the marquee matchup, and this is a matchup I, I highlighted here, is Arizona State versus number 20 USC. USC has all the Pac-12 hype going into the year. Uh, it's between them and Oregon, I think, for the uh, Pac-12. And we'll see. Like, If one of those teams can go undefeated, they might be able to make a push for the playoff. Uh, I'll start off by saying right now the line is USC favored by 10.5. I think this is a lot of points, personally. I think, I think Arizona State is a solid team. I think uh, remember Arizona State beat Oregon last year. Uh, Herm Edwards, coach for Arizona State, is a really good coach. Um, first game of the year, I 
don't see USC winning by ten and a half. Like I would, I would take, I would say the Arizona plus ten and a half uh, would be my bet of the week. Oh, I feel really comfortable with that. Um, I again, um, I would try to stay away. I think I'm gonna try to stay away from this line if I were to bet. Because no, dude, ten and a half—that's a lot of points. Ten and a half first is a lot year. of points. But as you said, it's the first game of the year, so no one knows how it's gonna react. I don't like bet personally betting on first games of the year are too risky because Arizona State, like ten and a half, is a lot of points, but it's not. At the same time, it's not a lot of points. That's think about it. That could be one blown it's coverage, scored, which though. is it's guaranteed to happen. It's two scores. I mean, you're gonna, you're you're expecting that teams are gonna blow coverages in the first game. So that that's all, right, all you need is two blown coverages. Off, most of these teams don't really have defense. We offensive matchup. I I wouldn't disagree with you, with your thing here about the first games. I think you can get some of the best. Uh, you can get some of the best lines here, um, with the first game. I I think ten and a half is a lot of points. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Do, uh, is does you is USC starting Keaton Slovis? Yeah, Keaton Slovis. Yeah, so Keaton he's Slovis. great. And yeah. I don't know how you stop him. No, no I'm not questioning with no defense. that. But I'm just saying, judging from the Pac-12 we've seen last year, and I assume it's going to be even worse defense this year because of the poor tackling we saw at the start of the Big Ten and at the start of the Big 12 and the start of the SEC, I think it's going to be an absolute shootout, and I don't really like 10.5 in a shootout. All right, that's fair, that's fair. Next, let's go down to a nice game out of the Big 12. Uh, West Virginia going at number 22, Texas. Texas is favored by 6.5. Texas is coming off of a huge win. Uh, an OT win against Oklahoma State, who is then ranked six, um, and I, I hate to say it right here, but I like West Virginia in this game. Um, I I'm actually gonna sh- I'm gonna disagree, and I'm even gonna take Texas on the line. Texas I think on the line. Wow. I think Texas is actually gonna beat them by a lot. Like I think they're gonna smoke them because I think Sam Ellinger is not gonna want to. He's not gonna want to go out in his last season and be like, all right, well, good, I went even. I think he has something to prove. I think that West Virginia won't – West Virginia, I mean, they did beat Kansas State by a lot. But I, Dude, I don't think West, they West really – Virginia, I think West Virginia is severely overlooked. I, I think they're a very good football team out of the Big 12. They did play uh, and, Oklahoma State tough, right? Yeah, I, well, yeah they played them pretty tough. I, what I can see, though, is I see Texas coming off a big win, and I see them coming out completely flat against a really, really good offense in West Virginia, and they go down early. Um, and I think I, – I like West Virginia here. But also, Texas is at home, and I can't imagine that that stadium is not going to be packed. I, I just think as a team, that we've seen Texas do this before, where at one game they look incredible, and then they play down to their opponent in the next. I think this is a game where they play down to West Virginia, and I don't think West Virginia is a bad team by all means. Uh, this is, I think, this is a really tough matchup for Texas coming off a really big win. All right, all right. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna take Texas, and I think I'm gonna take Texas by at least a touchdown. Okay, let's go on to another great game of the SEC. This is basically the SEC East Championship. Whoever wins this is gonna probably go to the SEC's, uh, the the SEC Championship, out of the East. Uh, number eight Florida versus number five Georgia. Currently, Georgia's favored by three and a half. Um, I'm gonna stay away from the line here, uh, and I'm just gonna say Florida wins this game outright. And here's why: Georgia, we've seen, has the best defense in the SEC. But like Nick Saban said in his his post game presser, uh, one of the weeks, is that good offense will always be good defense. And Florida's got an elite offense. Florida's got a terrible defense. 
Georgia's got a below-average offense, and their defense is, is the best, in, maybe the best in the entire country. I, I think Florida's I, – I, I don't think Georgia can score enough points. We've seen it last week. They, they only – I think they only scored 12 points or, or so against Kentucky. Uh, and you better know that, that Florida's going to score at least – I would say at least 30 points Florida scores automatically. You can just chalk it up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think Georgia can score enough. I think, I think this game could be close. I think Georgia could win this game if Stetson Bennett – um, will stop making mistakes, like throwing all these interceptions. And there was a terrible interception in the game versus Kentucky last week where he literally threw it into the defensive lineman for a pick. And if he's got to limit the mistakes. Because if you're playing an offense like Florida, who will score every single time they have the ball, almost every single time, you can't give them extra possessions. Yeah, I and so agree. I would like Georgia to use their better offensive line and completely dominate the ground game. That will be the key if Georgia wins, is that they'll outrush Florida by at least double the rushing yards. Okay. And so, personally, I think Florida wins this game. I, this is this should just be an awesome game for anyone spectating. Uh, you get really good offense versus really good defense. Offense prevails. So, actually, I said I thought about this game going into today, and I thought that this was the game that we were going to have an argument on because I was going to pick Florida to win this game. And I, I think Florida's going to win this game. I think... That, as you said, I don't think Stetson, Benz, or Stetson Bennett is anything special whatsoever. I think he's just kind of there to fill a void that, like, needs to be filled. I think that he's not good enough to compete with, as you said, an absolute elite offense like Florida. He did compete with Alabama for the first half and then lost it. So, we, don't, we can't see, we haven't seen that he can finish games. And... Not being able to finish games is a big issue, especially when playing against a team that you know is going to score points at every, almost every time they touch the football. They're going to put up some amount of points. Is it, is it three or seven? Let alone their tight end is like their weapon. Their yeah, tight end who... He might be the best. He's he their be the weapon. Biggest mismatch in all college football. And who, who's supposed to guard him? Because you can't put a corner on him. You got to put a linebacker. And, you, and, you, and a linebacker is too, fast too linebacker. slow. So he's almost unguardable. As you said, Georgia's defense may be the best in the le- the best in the league, but Alabama that still put up a but and and that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to hold this Florida offense. I mean, yeah, being the best team or being the best defense in the league might mean oh they like stop them and there's a field goal or oh they got to like the 45 yard line and now the offense is pinned deep. So I just can't see how Georgia wins this. Georgia wins this game commandingly, let alone wins it. Yeah, it rely completely on the run game. Now let's go to number 14, Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. Um, both these teams are coming off of losses, am I correct? Here? Yeah, that is. Both teams are coming off of losses. I like Oklahoma State bouncing back in a big way here. I think they absolutely pound Kansas State. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard, um, I think he's going to rush for uh, a couple of touchdowns and a ton of yards. And a couple of uh, Oklahoma State's defense, really, they were supposed to be the best defense in the Big 12, and on the big stage against a good Texas team, they kind of floundered. And they, they in big in big third downs, they lost the battle. Um, that's changing right now. Unfortunately, I think this might be the end of the road of Oklahoma State's playoff hopes, uh, suffering that one loss. But I like Oklahoma State big in this one. Um, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think that that loss against Texas was kind of like the uh, – Wind sucker. I think they just got the wind punched out of them. 
because I don't see how with a one-loss team they would need pretty much everything to go their way. They need Oregon and USC to lose one game. They need BYU to not be undefeated. They need so much to happen in order for them to make it. They need, I mean, every team to pretty much lose two games for them to make it. So I can't see how they make it after this. Um, I think that Oklahoma State's going to come out firing, and I think they're going to win. But I don't know if I can say they're going to win by 20-plus points. I think I think it'll be like in that two-score game, like 14, uh, actually, 17 I, I like points. this. This 12 and a half is probably right on the dot, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I would say it, it's like, I, I, my guess is it, 14 points, 13 yeah, points, something around there. Next game, let's go back to the SEC. Number seven, Texas A&M versus South Carolina. So, um, Texas A&M is uh, favored by 10, and this is an absolute overlook game for, for Texas A&M here. Trap game. Yeah, South Carolina. Okay, Texas A&M is a very solid team. Again, absolutely no defense, but their offense is... Uh, one of the best in the SEC. Uh, South Carolina has has beaten Auburn. They they played a bunch of they played other teams close. Um, they are a team that that can kind of be overlooked sometimes. Uh, I like Texas A&M winning this, but this could be definitely a nail biter, a close game. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the things that they might get they might not realize until um, later in the game is how good Kevin Harris actually is. I mean, he's rushed for what eight touchdowns and 500 and some yards he's clearly he's a great running back i think that as you said south carolina has beat average te- like averagely good teams i wouldn't call auburn like a great team or anything but they they're good and i think texas a&m's looking past this i would imagine that they have well they have tennessee they next have week, tennessee but... next week and then ole miss so i would assume that they're looking past this and wor- worrying about that next game and I think that the line at ten, right? Ten's the line. I think I'd. I think it's gonna be closer than ten. Yeah, I don't know. And and I I think I don't know if I mentioned this before because I don't think we talked about Texas A&M that much. But this really Texas A&M depends completely on Kellen Mond not making mistakes. Which He's an he electric does. quarterback. Yep. And then I, Isaiah Spiller, um, who's been absolutely incredible. Definitely one of the best running backs in the SEC. Uh, he's gotta have a really big game today or the weekend. Agreed. Let's head out to the marquee matchup out of the ACC. This is the playoff implication game. This is the top five matchup. This is the uh, preview to the ACC championship. Um, Number one Clemson without Trevor Lawrence and uh, led by, let's see if I can get this one, uh, DJ uh, Uangalele. DJ Uangalele. Uh, let's call him DJ. Um, he's the number one recruit, uh, quarterback recruit for Clemson. He's absolutely incredible. He's about 6'4", mm-hmm. 250, cannon for an arm. Um, not as good as Trevor Lawrence just yet, but he's definitely a serviceable fill-in. Yeah. Um, going on Notre Dame team, who is, after that one scare game against Louisville, they've looked completely dominant and, and really good. The line's currently Clemson favored by 5.5. I wouldn't mess with the line here. I'd just enjoy this awesome game. Um I w- this is this game is gonna be incredible. Like I, this game is absolutely gonna be incredible. Earlier in the year, I think we were talking about how this game could could be a blowout, uh, just like when Clemson played Notre Dame a couple years ago in the playoff. I do not see this this year, especially with no Trevor well, Lawrence. Yeah, I think that's I think this big. Notre Dame team is a lot better than they were when they were in the playoff. Um, Notre Dame's defense is playing at a super high level right now. Clemson has their their top defender out because of COVID as well, so that's another thing to keep in the track. 
I, I'm not going to say Notre Dame wins this game. I won't say it because I, I don't think that's the case. Um, I like Clemson winning it. But, you know what, actually, you know, I'm going to go on a limb here. I like Notre Dame winning this game. I, that's what I was going to say. I think Notre Dame wins this like, game. To be honest, the more I think about it, Notre Dame is. They have everything going. They, they're, they, Clemson was lost to a bad Boston College team. Right, I'm not going to use that, and, though, because that was obviously a trap game, and, and they were still trying new stuff out on offense. Well, but Clemson's can't. defense actually does scare me because Clemson's defense looked suspect at best versus Boston College. Yeah, but And I, Notre Dame's run game, I mean, I maybe Bama, I, I can't think of a better team that has a better run game. Um, probably Clemson, actually, with Travis Etienne. Clemson, um, yeah. Great. But and Bama, Notre yeah. Dame definitely knows how to control the ball their defense has been really, really solid this year. I, I like Notre Dame winning this game. I, I mean, everyone's gonna call. Me, I know Chase if he was here, he's gonna call me crazy. But Notre Dame ACC champions, Notre Dame playoff. I I completely agree. I think a hundred percent. We've agreed on both of the upset games, and I, I thought for sure there was no way I was gonna get an agreement here. I completely agree that Notre Dame is gonna win this game because I don't think, as you said. Trevor Lawrence isn't playing. That's a huge deal. Okay, is, but I, I, don't think, I don't think deal. the step down is that big. Oh, it's a huge for, for DJ. Yes, 100%. Yeah, it's I don't huge. think that's it. I don't think that's it. You saw he didn't look no, good. No, no, no. I don't think the he offense looked is bad true. yesterday. No, he didn't. He looked fine. No, he looked bad. He looked. He, are you kidding me? You want to pull up the stats right now? Yeah, yeah. Please. He looked fine. He's outstanding. He, he had uh, two rushing touchdowns and but he just well. he's not the gonna issue be able to was the Clemson against. defense. Issue was the Clemson defense. And in terms of controlling the clock, I think Notre Dame can do that against Clemson's defense. This is a different Clemson. Clemson team that we've seen in the past. This is not a Clemson team with a uh, over dominant uh, defensive line like they usually have. That's true. This is not a Clemson team with 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 great safety plays. Um, Clemson has some linebackers out due to COVID. Uh, I I think that Notre Dame wins not because uh, Trevor Lawrence is out per se. I think it's because Clemson's defense just doesn't uh, get off the field, and I think Notre Dame is a good matchup for them because they can control the ball using the run game. Well, and, you know, you don't have to, and, and this is the one situation where I'll say that defense could, could sometimes trump offense, is if your offense can also run the ball and control the clock. Well, so if you limit Clemson's possessions, I, I like Notre Dame win this game. I So, again, yeah, I agree Notre Dame's going to win this game. And as we saw against literally every single opponent, all of their drives are eight, nine-minute drives. They never, ever have a drive that's like four minutes. It's always a long drive. And DJ threw 40-some passes last game. He won't he, be able dude, to throw he was 40. 30, he was 30 for 41, two touchdowns, 342 yards, and a rushing touchdown. That's he, pretty he good. He won't be able to throw 40 passes this game. He won't. He's going to He's gonna need to make every pass count, and he can't. And uh, another reason that he was so dominant was because he was just throwing these dump-down passes to ETN, which is not going to work against I mean, a good Notre dude, Dame he team. He had a QBR of 92.5. It's pretty solid. Look, look, at Travis, look at ETN's stats. He 20 carries, 84 yards. No, no, no. Look at his, look at yeah, his receiving stats. Game. Yes, he's a good receiver in the back. But out of the backfield, you can't rely on that to win you games. I, and I, I, I don't think that, I don't think that DJ has is gonna be able to like, like be able to read the defense like Trevor Lawrence could. I think that Notre Dame is gonna be so far ahead of this game because this is the game that they've been looking forward to, and I think that, um. I think that there is no way that uh, DJ is going to be able to as a, uh, read the defense like he, like Trevor Lawrence did, and I don't think that that 
he's going to be able to put up the points that he did against a bad Boston College team. I think no, this game should be absolutely incredible. I agree. What I would hate to see is a Clemson uh, blowout for Notre Dame. Like, a Notre Dame getting blown out. I, which I, is definitely anything, still a case. It's There's possible. Still a it's always like possible. Uh, and I've, I've been the biggest Clemson supporter since day one. I said they're the best team in the entire league. Um, let's go on to some maybe smaller games. These are some uh, non-top 25 matchups. First, Big Ten West, Nebraska going at Northwestern. Northwestern's favored by four. Um, this game should be uh, just a really good game. I think both these teams are, are actually underrated. Northwestern's 2-0. Um, and if Wisconsin's in- ineligible for the Big Ten Championship because they can't play these games, Northwestern definitely has a clear shot. Yeah, I'd say it's so. It's between them and Purdue, and yeah. I like this Northwestern team a lot better. Um, I like Northwestern in this game. That minus four is really intriguing for me. I agree. Uh, yeah, th- that's a, it's a game, game to keep an eye on. I agree. I think um, watching – I haven't watched much of Nebraska, but I watched a decent amount of Northwestern, and I think that that Northwestern team is – a good team. I think that, again, as you said, if Wisconsin isn't eligible or loses because they don't have a quarterback, I think that Northwestern is for sure that next team up. I don't think Purdue can exactly keep up the rate that they're going at. So I'm going to pick Northwestern to win this game, and i go the money line. I, yeah. I think that as much as it sucks to have like the money line probably is going to be like negative... 175 or something like that, so you'd have to bet a little more money in order to win, but I think that they're going to win this game. Next, another Big Ten matchup, Michigan State versus Iowa. Um, both these teams coming off of a lo- uh, Well, actually, no. Michigan State's coming off yeah, a big no, win. Really. Iowa's coming off of a loss to Northwestern. Iowa's currently favored by 6.5 points. Another interesting matchup here. I- I'm going to say this is a complete toss-up. <laughs> uh... I don't see Michigan State playing as perfect of a game as they did last weekend against Michigan, and I don't see Iowa coming out as flat as they, they looked against Northwestern. So, Yeah, I think it's kind of – I think that the line is a – I mean, I think the line for this game, as you said, should be a toss-up game, so the negative three, negative two-and-a-half line for whichever team you want. Um, I, I, I'm going to pick Iowa because Michigan State is just not a good team. I'm gonna pick Iowa with no support whatsoever. I like. I think it's a toss-up game. We haven't seen enough of either team to know what they're really about. Michigan State has looked good one week and looked bad the other week. So this is you have a chance of getting the good Michigan State team that beat an okay Michigan team, or you have a chance of seeing the bad Michigan State team that beat a bad uh, that lost to a bad Rutgers team. So I think uh, it's a fifty. Let's go to the last matchup, Pac-12 matchup. Um, Stanford versus number twelve Oregon. Uh, I'm just going to avoid the line here. I'm, I'm not feeling very comfortable about this. But I, I really – a few things I want to see here. And this is like those 12 o'clock Eastern games. That's oh, yeah. West Coast. <laughs> so this should be like so a complete blast. Uh, but this – this okay, so Oregon is an interesting situation. Because last year they were definitely the best team of the Pac-12. Probably the only team who had the uh, ability to even go to the college football playoff and had the talent. Um, they're led by Justin Herbert, who's now lighting it up in the NFL. Um, I I like Oregon out of the Pac-12. I think it's between them and USC. Uh, it should just be a, an interesting season in general for Oregon because they're coming off of an elite season last year, and I want to see if they can take it to the next level and, and, and kind of complete that dominance over the Pac-12. And so I, I think it, I'm just interested to see what Oregon looks like in the first game of the season. 
um, how their offense is looking without Justin Herbert. I know their defense is going to be fantastic in, in, in the Big 12 in, in terms of the pedigree of, of defenses, which is honestly not that impressive in the Pac-12. Um, but I, I can't wait for the USC-Oregon game that's going to come out. Uh, that game's about to be incredible. That, that could be a top-15 matchup, too. Yeah, um, I agree. I think the big thing for Oregon is that they only have to win seven games. That's it. It's just seven games. Opposed to, uh, what, ten? How long is the normal? Uh, ten? They yeah, they usually play ten games. Ten games. So, you only have to win seven, which gives you three less chances of blowing it. And now that they don't have to play any, like, now that Washington kind of has died down and some of these other teams um, have died down, I, I, I don't see where they're going to, like, they, there's no real trap games because there's no game that they have to look forward to besides that USC game. Well, I, I am going to say, though, last year they, they blew it to Arizona State. They probably would have gone to the uh, college football playoff with the one loss. Um, but they blew that game to Arizona State, and that, but, that was it. And, and I, I don't see them in a seven game. I think that they're, they're definitely the most talented team in the entire Pac-12. I don't think it's close. Uh-uh. It's well, not close. It's close. But, but if, you, if you look at the, the recruiting, Oregon's destroying USC in this. Yeah. USC is, is returning a lot of guys on offense, but their defense is still really suspect. Uh, their, their talent is still not quite the USC that we're kind of used to of the early 2000s. Yeah, that's um, The only way Oregon doesn't the only way Oregon loses some of these games is that they completely self-destruct and they have a game like they did last year against Arizona State where they let up. They literally couldn't stop them for anything. They, they were letting up touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So uh, it's just interesting to see what this game is happening. Um, it's great to have the Pac-12 back this year. Um, should be the best year in all, probably the best week in all of college football yeah. this, this entire year. Bowl games. Uh, and on that note, we'll see you guys next Wait, week. Wait, I've got a quick question before we end it. Yeah. So, since USC and Oregon never have to play each other until that last game, if both of them are undefeated, and whichever one wins, USC or Oregon wins, and let's just say everything stays the way it is, or BYU ends up going undefeated, Oklahoma State has a, is one loss, is a one-loss program, or uh, OSU no, doesn't lose, Michigan's loses to uh, OSU or whatever you want, however you want to, or Indiana Georgia loses. loses, Indiana loses, Do does that, does USC or Oregon make it? Yes. You think if they're undefeated? Yes. yes. Only, oh, oh yeah. I think if, if there's a Pac-12 undefeated winner, USC or Oregon, those two for the fourth spot, those two are in the mix. I would say Cincinnati, if Cincinnati goes undefeated, they're in the mix. BYU I would say undefeated. BYU's in the mix, in that order. In the order I said. Um, that's what I would say, and and maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe the SEC loser, the championship loser, so like so not Bama, Georgia, but still I don't well it w- Georgia or Florida, no, it, mm. yeah I I think it's I think it's exactly what we said Pac-12, then you got Cincinnati and then you got BYU, all right in that order, so on that note uh, we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully Chase is gonna be good to go next week. Um, hopefully we have some great games to break down. Just like we did uh, a couple weeks ago. Yep. Uh, yeah, but that's it for After Whistle Sports from Chase Dillon and Dylan, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya.